What a great morning it has been to spend time with one another in the Lord. Thank you for being here again. If you have your Bible, open it up, please, to Acts chapter 18. While you're turning there, I'll just mention a couple of things. First, it's great to see so many brothers and sisters here this morning. May God bless each and every one of you. I've been really encouraged this morning. I hope and pray you have as well with our Bible classes, with our worship services. And for those who are visiting, thank you for being here. One of the great blessings that we have here at West Main, we have a number of great blessings here, so many great things going on. And one of the blessings that we have, we have a lot of people who come in, who will come in and worship with us. And we'd love to get to know you more after our services are concluded. If you're interested in a Bible study, we'd love to study the Word of God with you. Thank you for being here. Also, we want to remind everyone this morning of our upcoming gospel meeting that we'll have here the first weekend in November with our brother David Watson, an excellent set of uh, studies that will be taking place. I want to encourage everyone to be a part of this uh, as that meeting begins in the first week weekend of November, Sunday through Wednesday. So there's more information in the foyer uh, if you need so. And if you weren't able to make it here, we begin uh, our worship services at 9 o'clock. And this uh, morning we talked from Nehemiah chapter 9, and we talked about God and who God is. And all of these sermons uh, and Bible classes are available on our website as well. So uh, if you weren't able to be here this morning, you have an opportunity to go back and to listen to that. We'd love to have everybody here uh, as we start each Sunday at 9 a.m. Well, in Acts chapter 18, we find some words from Jesus to Paul, where he said, Do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. That's what Paul heard from the Lord in the night by a vision in verse number 9 and in verse number 10. Those are some powerful words that Paul needed to hear. We find the Apostle Paul in our daily Bible reading in the book of Acts. Paul was in the city of Corinth, and he had been there, and as his custom was, as we've seen throughout the book of Acts so far, It was that Paul would go to the synagogues. He'd go to a new city, and he would begin to teach and preach in the synagogues. And verse number 4 says, "And, And he was reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath and trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. This is what he did. He was trying to persuade them that Jesus is the Christ. And yet, part of the pattern that we find as well is that there were some who would listen And there were some who also would resist, and we see this as well. And verse number 6, But when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. And so he would leave the synagogue, and he would go essentially next door to, to someone's house, to a man by the name of Titius Justus, who was a worshiper of God and whose house was right next to the synagogue. And Paul would continue to preach, and he would continue to teach the Word of God and proclaim Jesus Christ. When you think about the the people in the city of Corinth, there's many things that you could say about the people in the city of Corinth. And we get some additional details in the first letter that Paul wrote to them in 1 Corinthians. I'm turning over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you have your Bible, turn over there with me. You, you just find out that these individuals, as really everyone, was in need of the gospel. And we get a sample of the type of, 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 of lives some of these individuals were living that Paul was going to interact with. Paul would be in the city of Corinth for 18 months. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul gives a list. And he makes it very clear with respect to this list 
that these deeds were unrighteous, that they are unrighteous. And those who, who live in this manner will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do you not know that the unrighteous, he said in verse 9, will not inherit the kingdom of God? In our world today and in the world back then in the first century, a lot of people didn't listen to the standard of God. And maybe we're not familiar with this standard, but God does have a standard. What is right and what is wrong, what is righteous and what is unrighteous. And Paul would remind the saints in Corinth about how they used to be, how some of them used to live. And what this does, it really sheds light on the wickedness in this city and the need for these men and women to have or to hear the word of God. He said in verse 9, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that's people engaged in illicit sexual activity, unlawful sexual intercourse. He said, Neither fornicators nor idolaters, a worship of false gods, or participating in any worship to these false heathens or gods. He said, Neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers, one married engaged in a sexual relationship with someone else who is not their spouse. He would go on to say that neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, nor effeminate, a male who submits his body to unnatural lewdness, the idea of being soft, or homosexuals, he would say next, one who lies with a male as with a female, an abuser of oneself, a sodomite, or thieves, an embezzler, a pilferer, a stealer, or covetous, those who desire more, or eager for gain, greedy of gain, one eager to have more, especially what belongs to others, or drunkards, those who were obviously intoxicated, or revilers, those who, uh, is the idea of mischief or abusers to utter bitter complaint, or swindlers, an extortioner, or one given to seizing for plunder, uh, or the satisfaction of greed. He goes through some of these acts or some of these deeds that some of those in Corinth were engaged in, engaged in, and he said they will not inherit the kingdom of God, but such or such were some of you. Now, as I was thinking about this list here, doesn't it sound like the 21st century? You can wrap it up with sex, money, alcohol, and greed with some of the things that he said there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And that is a problem that so many people have even today. When you think about the people in this city where Jesus told them in the night, do not be afraid. There are many people in this city. They need to hear the word of God. They need to be redeemed. They need to be saved. These people were under the dominion of Satan. In Acts chapter 26, we'll get there in a few more weeks in our Bible reading. In Acts chapter 26, when Paul was standing in front of King Agrippa, he talked about his work as an apostle, as a minister of Christ. And I think it really sheds some light. When you think about these conversion stories, these, this work that Paul did throughout the, the missions that he went on, with men like Timothy and Barnabas and Silas and, and Luke and others, it really shows what was really taking place and the fact that these individuals truly needed to hear the word of God. In Acts chapter 26, as he rehearsed what happened to him back in Acts chapter 9, it, it says, and Paul said in verse 18, that Jesus, he said, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness. He was talking about the people that Paul was going to go out to, to the, to the Jewish people and from the Gentiles, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, 
and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. That really changes the game when you think about teaching and preaching the word of God, the gospel. Those people in Corinth, and it wasn't just the people there in that city, but there were people everywhere who were in need of being delivered, who were in need of being turned from darkness to light and receiving forgiveness of sins. And so as Paul spent time in the city of Corinth, that's what he would do. He would proclaim the word of God and he would help people to be delivered from from darkness to light. To help them to repent and to turn to the true and living God. He would be successful. Many precious souls would be delivered from their sins. But a question I want us to think about this morning. How were these individuals saved? It's a question and this chapter here is a reminder of the power of God, the power of the gospel, as we think about the conversion of the Corinthians. What we find when you go back to the passage, what we read last week in our Bible reading in Acts chapter 18, we see men and women in the city of Corinth being converted to Christ, being saved, being delivered. And more than ever, there are men and women today, brothers and sisters, who are in need of salvation. And we need to be reminded of what these individuals did to be saved, to be redeemed, to obtain forgiveness of sins. And the reason why is because there is so much confusion in the world. There's so much confusion about how we go about receiving God's free gift of salvation and how one can be delivered from sin and how one can be uh, how one can obtain forgiveness of sins. And so what we find when Paul was in Corinth, the things that he taught and how the people responded is what people must do today. And we need to be reminded of this so that we, make, that we can make sure that we are not confused and so that we can help others as well. And so I want to focus really on one verse this morning. It's Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8. In Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8, What we find, we find what these individuals did in order to be saved. In Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8, what we find is a man by the name of Crispus. And we get some more details about this man, and we'll talk more about him here in just a moment. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all of his household. And then the Bible says, and many of the Corinthians, notice many of the Corinthians when when they heard, They heard the good news about Jesus Christ. Paul was there, and what he preached and what he proclaimed was the the story, the gospel of Jesus, of who he is and what he did for mankind. Now, if you think about uh, what Paul was doing, wherever he went, this is what he would preach. He would proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Earlier in Acts chapter 18, we are reminded, as we just read, that this is what he was testifying in verse number 5. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul began devoting himself completely to the word, solemnly testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. Time and time again, he wanted men and women and families to know that Jesus indeed, he is the Messiah. This is what he was trying to convince his audience of, that Jesus is the anointed one of God, that Jesus is the one that the prophets had spoken of. And first, Corinthians chapter 2, Paul would remind the saints what it was that he had shared with them concerning Jesus and how he even came to them, the type and manner in which he came and spoke to them. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 1, Paul said this, he said, and when I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. 
For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. You see, Paul was proclaiming the word of God and sharing them about Jesus and Jesus crucified. He talked about his death and his burial and his resurrection in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is what he would remind them again as well. He would remind them of what they had heard and how they had responded to the message that they heard. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, will you read with me please, beginning in verse number 1. Paul said this, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you. That was his message. He proclaimed the good news of Jesus, and he talked about who this man was, that Jesus is the Christ, which also you received and which also you stand, by which also you are saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Paul preached the the message of Christ. What he had received is what he delivered to them. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. He, He taught them the Word of God, and he taught them the message of Jesus Christ crucified. It was a message of redemption. It was a message of hope. It was a message to help them to to turn from darkness to light. It was a message they needed to hear because these men and women were in darkness. And many of them, however, were going to be converted. But it all began by them hearing the good news of Jesus Christ. And I will tell you, the message they heard is a message that needs to be shared more than ever. It's a message that is still needed in the 21st century. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The good news of who Jesus Christ is. You look at that list in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, not much has changed. And you can look at the Corinthians, but we see this every day. There are people today just like the people in Corinth. And there are people today whose eyes need to be opened. And I think the more we start thinking about evangelism and reaching the lost and talking about Jesus in this manner, that there are people who are still in darkness today. They're in darkness, and they're under the dominion of Satan. That's powerful when you think about that. And they need to be redeemed by Christ, rescued, and brought to light through Jesus Christ. This is a game changer when we start thinking about sharing this message. And I know we're not apostles, and I know they had a unique responsibility in the first century in going out into the world, but we have a responsibility as well to help others hear about Jesus. There's great work for you and me to do. And when you think about the need that people have, there are people lost in the city of Corinth. But when given an opportunity, it says many of the Corinthians, not just some, but many of the Corinthians, when they heard, this would set them down a path of eventually obeying the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so let's, let's use this as an encouragement to talk to people about Jesus. Let's talk to people about Jesus. People need to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage everyone, go back to Acts chapter 10. We read this, I guess, a number of weeks ago since we're just reading one chapter a week in Acts chapter 10. But there's a pattern that I've found here, and it's nothing new. Other people have found it as well. But it really is just an encouraging thing for me 
and uh, hopefully for you as well. In Acts chapter 10, the story of Cornelius is a great story. There are so many things in this, in this, in this chapter about Cornelius. I mean, you got Cornelius, uh, you know, um, uh, an angel's going to come and speak to him. Uh, he's going to have a vision from the angel of God. Peter's going to have this vision. The Holy Spirit's going to speak. It's going to take a lot for Peter to get to his house. And eventually Cornelius and his household are going to be saved. But I want you just to notice one thing, and this is connected to this idea of how the Corinthians heard. People need to hear the message of Jesus, and we have a great opportunity today to share the message. Watch what we find in verse 24. Now, this is when Peter and the Jews were making their way to the house of Cornelius. I love this. On the following day, he entered Caesarea. Listen to this. Now, Cornelius, Cornelius was not saved at this point, but he he would be by the end of the chapter. Cornelius was waiting for them. And had called together his relatives and close friends. You hear that? Don't you love that? He called together his relatives and his close friends. To do what? To hear the word of God. To hear the words that Peter would teach him and his entire household. And I like this example because when you think about what Cornelius did, his household would be saved because they would be exposed to the, to the message of Christ. And they would hear the truth. And you see, this, you see this pattern of households being saved. In Acts chapter 16, we talked about this last week when Paul uh, received this vision where a man in Macedonia said, come over and help us. And we see the conversion of Lydia in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 14. But read now in verse number 15. The Bible says in Acts 16 and verse 15, and when she and her household had been baptized. Think about that for a second. Paul had met Lydia by the riverside along with some other women there who were worshiping and praying. And in the process of time, he's going to be able to talk to them, and she's going to be converted, but not just her, her entire household. And later on in Acts chapter 16 with the story of the Philippian jailer. What another powerful story. And we see this pattern again in Acts chapter 16. Peter, I'm sorry, Paul and Silas, they would have this study with with the Philippian jailer after he cried out, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And verse 31, they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. Don't you just love that? Households were being saved because they were, being, they were able to hear the word of God. They were able to hear the good news, the story of Jesus and who he is and what he's done for us on the cross and the fact that he has risen from the grave. And I just think that's a powerful example for us to follow. Let's look for opportunities to talk to our relatives and close friends. And maybe it's having something at our house. You can invite me over. I'll be more than happy to come over and, and study the Word of God with them. Or maybe you study the Word of God with them. The point is, people need to hear this message. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, now go back to Acts chapter 18. Many of the Corinthians, the Bible says in verse number 8, when they heard, it says they were believing. When they heard, they were believing. After they heard the message, they heard the message. And they believed what Paul had taught them. That's good news. The fact that they heard and that there are many people, and we know the kind of lifestyle that some of them were engaged in. But the power of God is, the message of God is powerful. And they would hear the truth. And even though they were engaged in a lot of different sins, 
their hearts were convicted as they heard the truth about Jesus and as they heard the truth about the resurrection. And this is powerful because when you go back to Acts chapter 18 and verse number 6, not everyone there believed. There were people who did hear as well, but not everyone there believed. In Acts chapter 18 and verse number 6, but when they resisted. So there were many Jews that would continually resist the word of God. That happened in the, in the life of Jesus. It happened on the day of Pentecost. And it was continuing to happen now, even during this time. And yet many of the Corinthians, when they heard, they were believing. They believed the message to be true. And what we find here is that that is unique because there were plenty of other times where people heard the message of Christ. You go back to, to Acts chapter 17, and you turn back there with me, as, as Paul was in Athens, and as he talked about Jesus and the resurrection of the dead in verse number 31, actually in verse number 30, he said, Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent. And those in Corinth, let me just pause here, they would have to repent as well. As they heard and believed, you better believe that they were also going to have to repent as well. Because that was part of the message of Paul too. Because he has fixed a day back in Acts 17 and verse 31 in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. He was preaching the same message. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer. Some said no. Some mocked them and some mocked Paul. And, and some just didn't believe. They heard the message, but many of them just did not believe. But that wasn't the case for some, or for many, I should say, in Corinth. Many of them heard the message, and they believed. You go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We read this a moment ago, but I want to go back there because Paul reminded them how they had received the message that he had delivered to them. He had told them about the gospel that he had preached to them. He said, I make known to you, brethren, in verse number one, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and which also you stand. They received the message. They believed the message that he had delivered to them. And so with the evidence that he proclaimed and talking about the resurrection from the dead and making it clear from the scriptures that indeed Jesus is the Christ, many of them came to believe in Jesus being raised from the dead. And men like Titius Justus and Crispus and others would, would believe in Christ. And what we find, you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 14. We find that some of these people we read about in Acts chapter 18, they would obey the gospel. They would believe and they would, they would be baptized as well. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 14, he said, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius so that no one would say you were baptized in my name. And he would also talk about those that he baptized, the household of Stephanas. Another household is mentioned as well. And so my point is they heard, many of the Corinthians heard the gospel. And not only did they hear, but they also believed. And this is the kind of heart that men and women need today. Maybe there's someone here in the audience who is not saved. Maybe you have not obeyed Jesus Christ. Maybe you've heard the message of Jesus Christ for a long time question is, do you believe the message? Do you believe Jesus truly is the Son of God? Do you believe Jesus really was raised from the grave? You see, a lot of people can hear these stories and can hear this evidence of the resurrection and the miracles that Jesus performed. And a lot of people can still reject all the evidence 
concerning Jesus. In our Bible class, we're talking about standing on the edge of eternity. Will you turn over to John chapter 11? It was brought out in our Bible class by someone in class how Jesus, he had, well, we read about how he had healed a blind man back in John chapter 9. And then he would raise Lazarus from the grave in John chapter 11 after being in the grave for four days. And yet one of the most mind-boggling responses of some of the people there is that many of them didn't believe. They saw the miracle, and yet they were still ultimately going to reject Jesus. Look at verse 45. Therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he had done believed in him. There were some. They saw the evidence. They saw his power. They believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. Therefore, the chief priests and the Pharisees convened a council and were saying, What are we doing? For this man is performing many signs. Well, they couldn't deny the sign, but they weren't going to be following Christ. They weren't going to uh, place their faith in Christ and, and follow him and submit to him and obey him. If we let him go on like this, all men will believe in him, and the Romans will come and take both our place and our nation. Many people saw the power of Christ, but many people ultimately refused to believe. We need to believe that he is the Son of God. And it's not because there's a lack of evidence that many people refuse to believe, but I believe it's more of a problem of pride and a problem of truly not willing to submit to who Christ is and be willing to submit to his rule and to his authority. But many of the Corinthians, they heard the message. And not only did they hear the message, but they were willing to believe who Jesus is. How are we going to respond? Will we believe or will we resist? And we're going to come across people that will resist the message of truth. But what about ourselves? When it comes to being saved by the blood of Jesus, we've got to make a decision on whether or not we're going to hear and believe. You can hear a lot of things for many years, but are you going to believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And are you willing to submit to what he wants you to do, no matter what he says? We must be willing to submit to him. Those in Corinth, they, they were taught the truth. Go back to Acts chapter 18 and verse number 8. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all of his household. And many of the Corinthians, when they heard, they were believing, and that wasn't all. They heard, they were believing, and they were baptized. You see, that's the pattern that we find in the first century. That's how these individuals were saved. That's how they were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We just saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 14 that Paul baptized some of these people. And he baptized some of these people because they needed to be saved. He baptized these individuals, not because they were already saved, but in order to be saved. You see, they were baptized for the same reason that about 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost were baptized. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They were baptized for the same reason. It was to obtain forgiveness of sins, to be redeemed, to put on Jesus Christ. And as a result of their belief in Christ and baptism, they were sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus. You see, we talked about the first part in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verses 9, 10, and 11, where Paul was reminding them of who they used to be. 
But he also reminded them of who they are because of, because of what they had done after hearing, believing, and were being baptized. He said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, or chapter 6 and verse number 11, Such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the Spirit of our God. That's what took place after hearing, believing, and being baptized. They received the truth as it is. And they were baptized. You go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And again, the language that we find here is Paul rehearsed what they had done. In verse number 1, he said, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel, which I preached to you, which also you received, and which also you stand, by which also you are saved. They were saved because they heard the message of, of truth. They were saved because they not only heard, but they believed that message and were willing to respond to the message in faith and obedience. So it's exactly what Jesus said in Mark 16 and verse 16. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. That's what they did. And this is how people in the first century were saved. And it's how individuals today will be converted to Christ. It's how individuals today will be redeemed, justified, and to obtain forgiveness of sins. And to, to, to leave darkness and to come into light. This is what people need to do today. It's a pattern even today. The sad commentary of our society is that baptism today has become somewhat of an afterthought. It's not an afterthought. It's necessary for salvation just as repentance is necessary. And just as belief is necessary. This is what Jesus taught and this is what Paul taught. And this is how these individuals were converted to Jesus Christ. Through hearing, believing, and being baptized these individuals were delivered from their sins. And so I want to close by asking you this. Maybe there's someone here this morning who needs to do that same very thing. We've seen individuals in 2019 be converted to Christ. We've seen individuals in 2019 be delivered from their sins to receive forgiveness of sins. And maybe there's someone here who is still lost in their sins and you need to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Are you willing to do what they did This isn't something that we just make up. This is what the Bible teaches. And I will say this, my friend. We're all standing on the edge of eternity. We don't know when our lives are going to be over. We have plans for this week. Who says that those plans are going to come to pass? Who says that we have time to get right with God? Who says that after we get done with what we want to do, then we can start thinking about the future a little bit more and about serving God? Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow is not promised. Our lives are nothing more than a vapor. And if you need to be saved from your sins, don't wait till tomorrow. Because tomorrow is not promised. And if you have been delivered from your sins, rejoice. Think about the songs we've been singing. Consider the love of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. Celebrate your salvation. Share what what you have received through Jesus with others. The redemption that you have. The confidence, the peace that you have through Jesus Christ. Paul said, the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received and which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For those who have been saved, let's make sure that we stand. Let's make sure that we hold fast, that we remain with our Savior where salvation is found. If you're outside of Christ, today is your day to be saved. If you're outside of Christ, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until tomorrow. You want to be saved? 
Follow the pattern that we saw in Acts 18. Are you willing to hear and believe? Are you willing to turn from your sins and turn to God? Repent of your sins and be baptized. If so, come now as we stand and as we sing.